Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the thickest double time. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, here we go. Week two, I guess, is officially upon us with the beginning of it coming up tomorrow on Thursday Night Football. But the preparation for the Houston Texans, and let's just say this, whatever you're thinking about, whether it is the under of six and a half that Vegas put out there at the beginning of the season in terms of Colts' total wins or the over, this is a game that really, that all of us, that just made a prediction in general, unless you said zero, desperately need. Now, I will tell you this. Houston looked like an absolute mess from what I saw in their loss to Baltimore. But you get a home opener, maybe things and probably will be a hell of a lot different. You get Anthony Richardson in week number two with one game under his belt. However, now you got to go on the road for the first time. It's not like anybody's ever been scared of playing at whatever the hell it's called stadium in Houston. But it is going to be a change of pace. And this is the game. If you looked at this schedule, you probably looked at them both. And I know that's dangerous territory because how many times have you done that the past couple of years and it kind of crapped on you? But if you look at this schedule and either you were the optimistic viewpoint of over six and a half, hey, JMV, they're going to win 11 this year. They're going to win 12. Going to surprise everybody. Everybody's going to have to shut up. I tried to tell you they had skill position players. I tried to tell you they're okay. At the same time, those of us that felt it was going to be under six and a half, you also need this game on Sunday. I really, I'll be honest with you. I know it's early and you always have to preface everything now by saying, I understand it's a rebuild. And, and hopefully at some point in really the next two hours, I don't have to continuously go back to that. Hopefully you realize it because people will counter with, oh, don't you understand? It's a rebuild. Well, yeah, I do understand. I mean, I've been doing this for 19 years. So, yes, I understand what this is compared to what other seasons have been. But if you're looking for it, either way, that is the game on Sunday that the Colts need to cash in. I know what you're saying, too. I know what you're suggesting. 
You're asking me, is this a must win? I'm going to have to put this to you. I was not even going to use it. And I know it's kind of become a butt of jokes, uh, satire. It's become funny. But I wasn't even going to use it this year. Again, understanding exactly where this team is and what they're doing, which, by the way, we're still going to be critical regardless. It's just how you have to be. There's no way I can come on here and say, hey, you know what? They lost, but everything's okay. Because even in the past, when they have won, everything hasn't been okay. And in fact, you tell me the last time you felt that everything around here was okay. It has been a hell of a long time. But I was not going to utilize the must-win status on any game this year. But regardless, if you're the optimistic viewing one that believes it's over six and a half, you're going to need this on Sunday. And I would dare to say, if you are a pessimistic viewer, that you're also going to need this. Because then if you don't win this, you start to think about, all right, so what are these winnable games? And it's going to be a weird year, too. It's going to be a weird year in terms of what you're going to get from the quarterback. Now, it's funny. It's okay, I think, to have a couple of different viewpoints still coming off of Sunday. But at the same time, you got to be fair and balanced to it. You got to understand, you know, where they are and then what they did and, you know, how solid the quarterbacking was or what the offense did, you know, look like at times. But at the same time, it could look better. Maybe it will. Zach Moss returned to practice today. You know, obviously a reason as to why they haven't gone out and done anything. Well, I mean, it could be a variety of reasons there. You know, my understanding of this is that, as I mentioned yesterday, I can sit here and yell and scream and Jake and and, uh, and Kevin and um, you know, obviously Jimmy a little bit earlier. I think uh, James was on with Kevin this morning, too. And by the way, too, a shout out to uh, Andy Sweeney uh, and Andy's wife with what they're going through right now. And um, I actually was going back and forth a little bit with Andy earlier today. And, of course, uh, not just us here in studio, James and I, everybody here in this building. But I know those of you out there also uh, thinking really good thoughts regarding Andy and his family. Um, And hopefully we get some news at some point and I can share that news with you. But we're thinking about Andy and Andy's wife. At any rate... You go back to what they were talking about this morning and what Jake and Jimmy were talking about in around noon. And you look at what could have been a little bit on Sunday, don't you? Do you allow that to factor in? I'll be completely honest with you. Anybody that I trust with any judgment whatsoever has told me, hey, listen, at some point, Jonathan Taylor is going to have to play here. And then every time I hear that, I go, well, how in the world is that going to work? Because both sides seem like they hate one another. Now, that can easily go away if you go ahead and give a little bit of cash. But we know that's not going to happen. Or at least we presume at this point that's not going to happen. But again, at some point, Jonathan Taylor's going to have to do something. I always am quick to point out, but it'd be great if it would be here. No more production, you know, somebody that's a threat. Yeah, I look at Zach Moss, and I know Zach Moss did some good things down the stretch a year ago. 
when he was uh, acquired from Buffalo. But when I look back on this entire situation, I think we, and I'm talking about us here at the station and you, the fans, we're thinking a lot more about how you need to do something. Like we're waving the red flag a hell of a lot more than the Colts care about that. I think they just kind of put their arms up and say, yeah, whatever, we're just going to go with this. This is this is not a territory in which they believe they need to move away from whatever their plan is. And, you know, we look at their personnel, we look at the roster, we look at the plan, and we wonder what the hell they're doing. You know, I'm assuming they have some grand scheme here. But they certainly don't think about it to the degree as we do. We're like, hey, you got to get somebody in here. You got to get somebody that's a veteran because that's just how bad you were. And they were that bad when you think about it. But I mean, hell, they're probably thinking about you're getting Zach Moss back and there's no way Deion Jackson is going to play that bad. So we're just going to go with what we have. I mean, hell, I even thought about Kenyon Drake bringing this dude back because at least he'd been in and been learning the system here before he ended up getting cut. Yeah, that said, they just don't look at it the same. All right, so a little bit earlier today, Texans rookie quarterback, and these guys are always going to be compared for the remainders of their career. Uh, You get uh, Bryce Young with Carolina, C.J. Stroud with the Texans, and Anthony Richardson here, and they're always going to be compared. And this is C.J. Stroud a little bit earlier today down in Houston when asked about the Colts rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, uh, ask my guy, man. Uh, you know, I'm in high school, uh, competing against each other in the league and uh, became real good friends there and uh, kind of kept the relationship when he was at Florida when I was at Ohio State. Um, really, really happy for him, man. He's always been a hell of a player to me. Um, just really... Uh, excited to see what he does in his career and I'm always going to be supportive of him and, and be a brother and a friend of him uh, but yeah man I'm excited to go play against him again. CJ um that's uh, C.J. Stroud a little bit earlier regarding his relationship, long-standing relationship with Anthony Richardson. Richardson and the Colts also met with the media here on this Wednesday a little bit earlier today. I saw where uh, both Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson set out a practice today. Uh, when asked the question, I think it's James Boyd asking about if you know the NFL NFLPA may get involved as far as Jonathan Taylor being on on PUP, and you know it's whether or not he's actually injured or you know could play tomorrow and is utilizing this as a tool as we all knew it was and as we found out certainly that it is and he basically he didn't have little comment he just basically said we handle that internally and that's it. And that was that. And whether or not Jonathan Taylor is going to make the trip to Houston, he was not in the building on Sunday for that home opener. So I don't know why you make the trip to Houston. There was no answer for that. That was yet to be discussed, according to Shane Steichen, a little bit earlier today. But I would not be surprised whatsoever. This is... (laughs) we're We're going to see some fireworks coming up here though i mean that's one thing that's coming this has kind of been just a back and forth uh, he said she said type of soap opera so far but we're going to get some fireworks here relatively soon 
Hey, JMV, there's a reason why this organization hasn't won blank without Manning and Polian. Uh, yeah, you can you can certainly say that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> because it's been all over the place. And then hopefully a guy like Anthony Richardson and, and also you know, Shane Steichen is a head coach. Hopefully uh, these guys are keepers and can reclaim what it once was because this thing has been swerving out of control for a long time. And really, you can't move past that aspect of it until you get some sort of solution with Jonathan Taylor and the team. But there should be some interesting fireworks here. It's just, we know way too much. I mean, hell, it's almost like you guys know as much as the team does. I know you don't. But we're going to get some fireworks, I would guess. I mean, somebody's going to have to give in. Somebody's going to have to move forward. Somebody's going to have to either play or get traded. Something's going to have to happen. And they count the days for that, don't we, a little bit? Hey, JMV, I heard you talking yesterday regarding the NFL possibly going to all grass fields after what happened to Aaron Rodgers on Monday. I didn't say that that was going to happen. I just told you that there was going to be a groundswell of commentary regarding that. And if you've been paying attention to some of the questions going on in these open locker rooms across the NFL landscape, you've heard a lot of those questions regarding that. I mean, really, to me, with the way technology and money is today, especially with the NFL, it doesn't seem to be that difficult, but I'm sure that there are a lot of things that would make it incredibly and much more difficult than I give it a, a reasonable explanation for right here. But you do think at some point, I'm not suggesting, well, Aaron Rodgers and this is what happened and it was in New York and now we got to do something new. Uh, these guys have been talking about this for a long time. And all you have to do, I think Zaire Franklin spoke on behalf of that today. I think Ryan Kelly did as well. You know, talking in general terms outside of grass fields to turf fields and then MetLife Stadium. And, and you knew that storyline was coming. And that's why I asked Nate Atkins that toward the end of the show yesterday is that at what point might the rest of these stadiums be nudged into trying to become grass field worthy because you know what happens i mean we get on topics here and you never get off of them and this is a really good midweek spanning the gap between week number one and week number two. Before the NFL gets back tomorrow night, this is an interesting topic where everybody, and I mean everybody, can chime in if they want right here. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Do I think they're going to investigate it? Absolutely. But there was a reason why I asked that question yesterday for sure. All right, Colts and Texans coming up on Sunday. We got Bob Kravitz coming up here at the top of the 4 o'clock. I'll get his thoughts on Sunday and then looking ahead to the Texans. Listen, I'm going to get back. Mark had said, listen, this season there are no must-wins. I I think you kind of missed what I was talking about. I fully understand that. I'm just talking in terms of the assumption you guys all have predictions. Right? I mean, we all had predictions this year about what this Colts team would do win-loss-wise. 
And I'm telling you, on either side, you would think that this is a game. And all you're doing is looking back at week number one and the way that the Texans played, which, again, will probably be a lot different than it is at home in a comforting environment with however many fans they're going to have there. Uh, You got the home debut of your rookie quarterback. So think about how you felt on Sunday. That's how they're going to feel on Sunday. Problem they had is they they couldn't pass protect for nothing. I don't know how that gets any better. But at the same time, it's not like I know a lot of people are suggesting. Well, they're going to go in there and you know, look how they played for three quarters, and then look how Houston played the entirety of the game on Sunday in Baltimore. But you got to wipe that slate clean because now you've got a Colts team going on the road. Remember what they did in the fourth quarter. You know, you could talk about both the offense and the defense, and those are the things that stood out to me more than anything else. Uh, You talk about all the new and the fresh topics we can talk about right now, but unfortunately for me, the thing that really stands out are some of these older ones, and that is the way this team plays regardless of the personnel in the fourth quarter. Regardless of the personnel and on both sides of the football in the fourth quarter. You can make excuses for both if you want, but you can also be very critical of both. Now, let's face it. I mean, you had an interception that helped lead to that loss in the fourth, albeit with a rookie quarterback. All right, but it was a pretty big moment in that game that led to a loss. And execution in the fourth quarter has been an issue, both offensively and defensively, and especially defensively a year ago. And as I brought up yesterday, this was a topic that was rarely discussed last year because we were all over everything else. I mean, there were so many rings in that circus a year ago. We could spend a day on, well, this is the owner jumping in and hiring somebody from TV. Hey, this is somebody from TV that's never coached except on the high school level. Holy crap. Hey, the owner wants Sam Ellinger in there under center. Uh, Clearly, the general manager does not believe in the owner jumping down and hiring this head coach. I mean, you had so much going on, even beyond the play on the field. And then what? Because the offense was so awful. Whether you're talking about the quarterback, the production, the offensive line, you rarely, if ever, talked negatively about the defense. You always said they deserve better. The problem that you had is that defense was very accountable for what took place in the negative in many fourth quarters a year ago. And you can just look back at the games, look down the line. In terms of Philadelphia here, I know we're talking about a good team. I know we're talking about a Super Bowl rep out of the NFC, Jalen Hurts and all, but Failed in the fourth there. Failed in the fourth in Minnesota. Failed in the fourth in Dallas here at home against Washington. I can't even remember hardly what they did against Houston here in the final week into the season. But you catch my drift on this. The failing in the fourth quarter, while you can look at it and blame it on the offense on Sunday about the fact that they were three and out, three and out, three and out, this has been an issue. And it's an ongoing issue. And frankly, especially with those up front to play the way that they did through three quarters, you would expect them to hopefully be able to hold Jacksonville to a field goal. 
All right, that's what you're looking for right here. I know you're starting in plus territory. Your offense is doing nothing. You've been on the field the entirety of the fourth quarter. The problem is the 14 points, the 7-7 seven and seven in the fourth, still go on your resume. And we saw a great deal of that a year ago. So it's really, it's a couple of things that stand out to me that were also issues a year ago, even if this is a reboot and a rebuild type of season. We'll discuss that with Bob Kravitz coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Bowen was over there in the locker room, and Kev's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I was trying to think about uh, Reds fans. Maybe you can help me because they've had so many go on the injured list or have COVID or whatever. Sometimes I don't recognize who's pitching. I will give them credit for this. Do I think they're going to make the postseason? I do not. But I feel good because what is this date? The 13th? The 13th of September. I can sit here and still talk about my favorite team being involved in a playoff chase. I'm telling you, that's a good feeling for me. Normally, I got this schlep rock attitude. Well, at least we had June. But that's a feel good for me. It's weird, too. Like, last night, everything that needed to happen, happened. Yeah, Reds come from behind. Actually, they didn't come from behind. They actually were tied, I believe, going into the 10th. And then, yeah, Stevenson got the game-winning RBI if they kept track of that, as they used to do back in the day. But everything else happened the way that it needed to happen for the Reds. And... You know, I'm just looking for a little bit of baseball entertainment when it really matters. And I'll give the Reds credit on this. They've had a thousand different lineups and dudes I didn't even know who they were pitch. And then you combine that with some of the same old scrub arms that I make fun of all the time. And the fact that they're hanging in, I got to give them credit. Seriously, I'm going to give them credit. Not going to rip them, going to give them credit. A couple of games going on this afternoon, by the way, too. Bottom of seven, Tampa four, Minnesota four, Minneapolis. Cubs underway in Denver, one nothing. bottom of the first inning with the Rockies getting their first at-bats out of Coors Field in Denver. Well, you could kind of tell. We were talking about this body language stuff, and listen, I have no idea. We all think we can read it, I guess. Chase Claypool's funny. I remember Chase Claypool coming out of Notre Dame. Remember, we were talking about Chase Claypool and how he needed to end up here. It seems like since a very early moment where he looked unstoppable, everybody was saying, the Colts, Aaron, and Judgment, you should have got this guy. It seems like since that very early run in Pittsburgh, it has been an absolute mess for him. And he looked pretty disconnected, as did a lot of the Bears on Sunday, which I thought was hilarious. But a lot of the Bears looked disconnected on Sunday. He's certainly among them. Yeah, if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers in terms of retirement, I guess you would have to ask yourself this. A lot of people suggest, all right, you're going to be 39, 40, whatever you are. Going into your 40s, you really want to go through this rehab and play again. See, that would be my thought. If I ever go out there and, and rupture, like I played until 11 o'clock last night. If I ever go out there and 
and rupture my Achilles, I'm done because there's no way I'm doing jack squat. I'm going to go, all right, well, this is it, and I'm going to half-ass this rehab just so I can walk, and that's going to be it. Now, luckily for me, I have zero athletic ability whatsoever, so I'm not too worried about it, not very concerned. But you think about it from this standpoint. Whatever you believe Aaron Rodgers to be, he is the highest of competitors because you have to be to accomplish what he has accomplished. All these guys do. And it gets yourself asking the question, would he really want to go out like that? Oh, he can do lots of things. He can enjoy life, kick back. Why do you want to blank with this? I can just chill out and be me. But you would have to ask yourself the question, why would you want to go out like that? And I think that overrides, all right, well, you're a 40-year-old dude, you're not going to have to go through rehab. And it's not like me going through rehab. That, to me, is the biggest question above all else. Uh, we can hit that as well. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. Kevin Bowen coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. For those of you that won tickets here, Dave Chappelle is tonight, right? Gamebridge Fieldhouse. You got to tell me how you enjoy the comedic performance of Dave Chappelle at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up later on tonight. That should be an absolute blast. A little midweek fun for you here downtown at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. All right, 239-1070. Email address is jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, which, by the way, have you noticed the in-studio YouTube Live feed has now been sponsored by Wynn Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses. If there is something that everybody inside the lounge via YouTube Live and me too, we all need is spreadable cheese. Win Schuler's has the best. That's inside the lounge via YouTube Live. The stream, the app, HD radio, your calls, and a lot of me and a lot of you and some guests and a lot of Wednesday fun still to come. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Give me my theme music! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah, in terms of talking about that with Nate yesterday, and, and obviously I brought up the lack of a drainage system at Lucas Oil Stadium, that would seem like that, that would be a rather large undertaking right there. I'm just suggesting that you knew that that was going to be the topic once Aaron Rodgers was done for the season after less than a handful of plays on Monday Night Football. You knew it was coming, and now you get the players on a Wednesday, microphones in front of their faces, and nearly everybody, I think, that covers an NFL team asking that question in a variety of locker rooms throughout the NFL. So you knew, you did know that that was coming. Hey, Jamby, I realize I'm ignorant to the business of the NFL, but I paid to go to the game Sunday. If you still packed the house, why would Jim Irsay care about the product on the field? We still show up. If attendance declines, then I see him making a move. Just my thoughts. Well, keep in mind, Damon, that was the first game of the season uh, with a mysterious quarterback that everybody was excited about. Uh, The new and freshness sets in. Now, the possibility if this thing 
drags the bottom the entire year. See, you got some reasons to feel good. Now, I know in terms of winning and losing, they still lost. But I always equate that to last year with the Pacers. You got moments in which they did some things. So that's why I'm suggesting on Sunday, even if you had the over and you were very optimistic or if you were like me and had the under six and a half because you didn't believe they're going to win very many games at all this season, this is a game that I think everybody around here needs. This is and should be an ultra winnable game. But the problem, Damon, that you're going to have in all this is people will get tired of it. People got tired of it whenever there was a lot of things promised and nothing delivered. People got tired of it being a clown show. People will get tired of it. Now, you know, even with the missteps, the misspeaks, uh, the mistakes made and starting at the top with Jim Mercer, even with all that, I know that he does want to win. So it's not like that he sits in the ivory tower and says, well, well, who cares what happens? At least they're still coming down there to watch. It's just been he has been a part of the issue with missteps and mistakes and bad decisions that have led us to where you are right now. And that is a rebuild and a reboot and a great deal of uncertainty. But what you have to have in the midst of all that, Damon, is a little bit of a pop, a little bit of a juice, a little bit of an energy. And let's face it, through three quarters, they delivered on that on Sunday. They just crapped out in the fourth. Now, you're going to have to win some games, Maybe win a game or two that you're not supposed to. People don't think you can. That, in terms of this team, is delivering. And I know nobody wants to hear it because you just want to hear it about wins compared to losses, and I get it. But that is the part that they're going to have to deliver on. Because I make no promises for how the fan base is going to feel about this team in November and December. But that was an easy one on Sunday. Uh, you got the expected front runner in the division. You got a team that had a decent little mini run in the postseason this past year. Uh, they are in town. You had three quarters of something that was feel good for everybody in that stadium. And then, unfortunately, a fourth quarter that was very reminiscent of teams, regardless of the personnel of the recent past. But you got to continue to show that pop, give people a reason around here to be excited about something. Because I think we all truly understand there's not going to be a lot of winning here. You know, even if you feel good about the first three quarters, three and a half quarters, if you will, if you want to go that far. Even if you feel good about that, uh, frankly, that's the reasonable expectation. But you saw it in week number one. That's not an issue. That may be an issue come November or December, Damon. We shall see. All right, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, where they love Winshuler spreadable cheese, and so do I. 239-1070 is the number if you guys want to dial it up. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. Kevin Bowen in the 5 o'clock hour. And let's have Adam lead here this afternoon on a Wednesday. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm wonderful, man. I'm getting out of work a little early today. Going to go see the GOAT downtown. 
Nice. My man Dave Chappelle. It's going to be a great evening, but I wanted to talk a little close. Go ahead. Um, so I wanted uh, a few things. Um, is, it, is it you uh, or me? But it doesn't feel like the chips are all in, Mr. Ursay. What's no, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> well, because, uh, yeah, the, the chips are not in. Now, when you have uh, you had a skill set that looks like that, uh, you kind of wonder if there are any chips in. The only chip you have is at a rookie quarterback. That's the chip. And, and one major right. chip, one major chip is uh, still in your pocket, right? Right now. Right, absolutely. So, so like, my, yeah. dad, my, my dad always used to tell me that, that quarterbacks score points, but running backs win you games. And I've never felt that to be more true than watching the Colts right now and what they've done in the offseason. What do you think about that? Yeah, he certainly could have helped. I, I don't know if, if that philosophy is as it once was, but Adam, I get what you're saying. And with this team, and here's what I've said all along, with this team, it's all hands on deck in terms of a an ambient player. That's what Rick Venturi calls a very important player, a player that will keep a defensive coordinator up nights uh, trying to figure out how you can stop or deal with. And they don't have that. And and they got one that's on the PUP right now that's all pissed off, and they're both pissed off at one another here. So that's not helping anybody whatsoever. So yeah, there's uh, there's there are no chips in right now. They're they're putting something together. They feel they're building, and that's the way this season looks at the beginning, and that's the way the season is going to look at the end. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, uh, to Damon's point, to his email, like to his message. I mean, I think the fan base is already pretty frustrated. We're going to be at a whole new level come December. That's just my, that's just my, 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 in my humble opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I agree with you on the running and I would further that. And Adam, thank you for the call. I just agree in terms of getting somebody that's good. Getting somebody that's good. Apollo 13, Gene Kranz, flight director. What? on the ship is good. You know, what on this ship is good right now? You know, who can help? I hope that Zach Moss can help. I do. But let's face it, a healthy Jonathan Taylor helping out a quarterback. You think about you have him. I don't know if they win that game on Sunday because they made a variety of mistakes in the fourth. And with Jonathan Taylor, maybe they still run out of gas. Maybe they still lose. And when I say run out of gas, it's it's not what you normally think about running out of gas. Like you think about it like, well, they just got tired and you know they couldn't push it any further. This was a Rick Venturi term that he told me on Monday. They're running out of gas offensively. Was you're you're successful in a lot of ways through three quarters offensively, and then Jacksonville defensively turns it up a little bit, does something different. And the answers that you had through three quarters are no longer those answers. And especially when you need those answers, especially when you have to score. So that is what he describes as running out of gas. And that's what that offense did. Now, you can view it the other way. The defense ran out there because they were on the field the entire time. But again, these have been... Short-term historical problems around here, both. And especially the defensive side of the football. Yeah, I don't know if they win with Taylor, but I feel good about them with somebody like that more so than, you know, Zach Moss or Deion Jackson or Evan Hall 
or um, James Adams. Seriously. You feel a lot better about that. All right, inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Have we had somebody banned in there? I'm seeing a little... Do we have some discontent going on in there right now? So I haven't banned anybody. Oh, see, we can't... We, we got to be respectful inside the lounge because you guys are sponsored now by Winshuler's Cheese. This is a big deal. And you guys have to uphold the sanctity of the lounge when you have a sponsor or we'll have to yank that away and put it someplace else. Don't make me do that. I don't know. I haven't even turned it on yet, so I don't know. <laughs> Need to get in there. Hold on a second. Hey, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is YouTube Live. We call it The Lounge, and it is brought to you by, it's been so popular, it's brought to you by Wynn Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses, Indy's favorite spreadable cheese, and certainly mine and those inside The Lounge via YouTube Live. It's a good way to see me look incredibly handsome, especially in a blue Indiana State shirt. It's also a way to participate. We just, I don't want, like there's some jackassery is okay with me. Some of it will pass, but if there's a high level of it, I can't take it, and somebody's going to get bounced. So there, there is a line in the sand here. We'll have some fun, but I can't have attacks on others in there. We can't have that. Just can't have it. I know that's the way the world works nowadays, but that's not the way that I work. You can be critical. You can talk about things, but you don't have to be a jackass. I know nowadays, nowadays, all these loud talkers, that's what they call the truth. I'm just telling the truth. No, that's just you being a jackass. Uh, There are plenty different ways, especially if you're an experienced broadcaster, to get your point across without doing that, without being that. So again... The responsibility is yours inside the lounge because we have sponsorship now. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Bowen in the five. Bob Kravitz coming up in the four o'clock hour. Adam, thank you for your call. Uh, 239-1070 as well. And I mentioned the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you, Corey. Apollo 13 references. That's how I feel good. Get that back. Matt Bear, who does traffic downstairs and is a tremendous dude. Tremendous. I had tweeted out, for those of you that want to get inside the lounge, I'm very handsome, but I'm saying many dumb things today. Join me and see for yourself. And Matt Bear's response was, that's going on my gravestone, the whole thing. (laughs) All right, Wednesday edition of this show. We get back to you and me and Kravitz at the top of the hour and more coming from the Colts locker room a little bit earlier today who did not participate and whether or not Taylor's going to be on the road coming up on Sunday down in Houston, which I think you should highly doubt. We'll talk about that and more coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. Three. 
93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. Jeff writes this, so Aaron Rodgers still gets 75 mil. Not bad for five minutes worth of work. I will also say this about these dudes. Like, like we think we're tough. And I see this from a lot of people out there, and it always makes me laugh um, when, when you call you know, somebody soft. I used to get this with Miles Turner. Miles Turner is so soft. And Miles Turner would stuff all you nerds in a trash can in a millisecond. Oh, so soft. That always makes me kind of laugh a little bit. But in terms of Aaron Rodgers, what I brought up a little bit earlier is you look at two different things here. I mean, either, you know, you feel you've done enough and you're over it and you don't feel like going through the rigor and the grind of rehab or you go, I ain't going out like that. And that's where I would tend to lean because these guys don't get to where he has certainly been, you know, a surefire future Hall of Famer. You don't get to that without being so stratospherically competitive that most of us that believe we're competitive have no idea what it would take to get there. That is so true. So that's what I was talking about regarding that. And yeah, I mean, guaranteed money. He's got money that can, he's got multi upon multi-generational money. But you have to ask a competitor at that level, is this how you want to go out? Is this the end? And see, a lot of these guys that talented, and it's cool, a lot of these guys that talented can dictate the end of their story. I just kind of think, as it stands, he's probably one of those. JMV, so how can you fail at your job this many times, not win, and still be employed? The 2023 Colts roster is a complete joke. Seriously started an NFL season with four wide receivers. Unbelievable. Here, Here's how that can happen. You guys ready? <laughs> you want to get my, theory, my educated theory here? It can happen because you change coaches. Because you're the owner and you made a lot of decisions during the season last year and it was an absolute circus. You draft what you believe to be the long-term 10-year future quarterback. And you know what you don't want to do? You don't want to make changes to all three. And I'm not suggesting at all that he does not trust Chris. He clearly has a great deal of trust in Chris. But let's face it, who in the world survives the last six years to go into a seventh year who is going to go into an eighth year and likely a ninth year to get this right? Nobody. And I mean nobody. Like Dave Mason right there. Nobody does that in the NFL. If it wasn't all three, it makes you think. Nobody lasts like that. He got three. He's, listen, he's got three years to figure this out. No matter what you say. And, and this is not me excusing him for it. I think you know how I feel about it. But 
you got this year, you got next year to see where you're going and you're on the right path. And then the third year. So here's when things really start to take shape. That is going to be Chris Ballard in a nutshell right there. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour, Bowen, 5 o'clock hour, inside the lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I don't know what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Kevin Bowen's going to be here in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, on the road tomorrow, Lars City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Fishers Park Place Pub, betting analyst Brent Halverson, week two selections beginning with the Thursday nighter. Colts and Texans coming up on Sunday, 1 o'clock is when that game is underway. Um, we'll help you get there. 10 a.m., that is the Colts pregame huddle. Me and Bill Brooks and the Goreman, who I believe is going to be at uh, whatever the hell it's called, stadium down in Houston. Is it NRG still? I think so. Is it the Astrodome? No. Not that any longer. Is it the uh, Summit? Not any longer. But 10 a.m., that is the Colts pregame huddle. Coming up on Sunday morning, too. And by the way, to Friday, Bud Light Blue Friday, I've got, I think, tickets to the Rams game. Coming up on Friday, Taylor's Pub in Nora, everybody. That is one of the more fantastic stops. Taylor's Pub, Nora, Friday which I believe is very close to North Central High School, which I believe Cathedral and North Central take on one another. So, uh, Cathedral folks, stop by, have a couple with us, go over and watch, and then North Central folks, I'll sneak over there during the third quarter of the game and shut the lights off. You guys can finish that bad boy up on Saturday morning. Uh, But on Friday, Taylor's Pub, Nora, Bud Light Blue Friday. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. Substack, musings of an old sports writer. You can find him, substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz. Bob Kravitz joins us. You got something free up there now? You got, um, what do you got, your report card, your dopey report card? Is that free to everybody? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's free to everybody. Oh, it like it. Uh, made its, made its uh, triumphant uh, return to, uh, to, to the public, so... You know, try to contain your enthusiasm. By the way, will you buy me a shot and a beer tomorrow? Oh, we don't need to. You, we'll just give it to you. Yeah. Okay. Are right. You, you going to come by tomorrow? Yeah. I think oh, hell yeah. A bit. Well, you know how that yeah. works there. Free samples. No, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware of the free samples. I um, I, I can't. Like, I can't say, hey, come by and get free alcohol. I can't say that because people get yeah, mad. Yeah, but when yeah I, when I, can, I, see... I can understand that. Yes, yeah. uh, the Dopey Report card is back <laughs> and, uh, you know, writing about uh, Anthony Richardson and why we don't want him to turn into Andrew Luck, you know, by getting uh, injured when he runs the football. So that'll probably be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a, a little bit different because you know, Luck was certainly reckless and, and, and that was that became his signature, Bob. And I remember talking about this back then, uh, about the first three or so years. And his signature was, it was called extending the play. Oh, he extends the play, and he's great at extending the play. And then all of a sudden, it didn't become great any longer because one injury became another and another and another. And that's what you want 
to stay away with with Richardson, but I would have to ask because that's part of his forte, part of his game, yeah. his athleticism. Yeah. I mean, how do you handle this as carefully as I think fans would like to see Shane Steichen yeah. do? It's a really fine line because, like you say, um, this is what makes him special. It's what you know potentially potentially can make him special and certainly different. And uh, if you take that away from him, what do you really have? So. I just think I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence is very smart. Uh, um, the other day after the game, he told uh, told Anthony, he said, "Hey, man, take care of yourself, protect yourself." And I think that's a really smart thing to say. Now, how you do it, I don't know. We talked to Anthony today, and he said he was in the training room on Monday, and he said I had feelings in my body I've never had before uh, after a football game, and. You know, the the other players are like, get used to it, Rook. And he's going to have – look, you know, I mean, he's he's their running game right now. I mean, they got nothing else. You know, I mean, you talk about protecting this guy. I mean, the best way to protect him is to get uh, Jonathan Taylor back under contract and get him back out in the field now that, of course, he's healthy, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's a very fine line – um, you know, and he, I mean, you look at you look at Aaron Rodgers. Steichen was bringing brought this up today. He said most quarterback injuries happen in the pocket, as it did with Aaron Rodgers. But you know, I remember Andrew Luck, you know, taking on tacklers out in the open field, and we saw the result of that. So I'm not, I'm not sure how you decide. You know, I mean, uh, certain quarterbacks are are better at knowing when the play is over and others not so much they're going to fight for that extra yard but he can't be a linebacker out there he's got to know know when to fold him i guess kenny rogers r.i.p reference right there from bob kravitz via the andy moore automotive group hotline let's double back to sunday for a moment here's what i thought you could play off of it three quarters uh, certainly, it was enjoyable. Uh, they were right there. Could have won it. Uh, it was obvious that they don't have anywhere near enough. I don't even know if they have, like, plural uh, skill position threat type of players, um, as we have witnessed. That's an issue. But a couple of things hold true, no matter the personnel. Um, it is fourth quarter issues. And I know that there are a lot of reasons why the defense failed in the fourth, but again, it gave up 14. It failed. A lot of reasons why the offense failed in the fourth, but again, it failed in the fourth. That probably what sticks out to me more than anything else, because that has made the transition from regime to regime, it seems, in the past handful of years. Well, yeah. I mean, they had a lot of three and outs, a lot of four and outs. I think the defense got a little uh, little gas at the end. Of course, you had something of a short field after Agnew uh, picks up that punt and runs it back, I think, 46, 49 yards, something like that. Um, but, you know, that, that the def- I don't worry too much about the defense. I, I think they're going to be okay. Um, the problem you have is, you know, we were asking uh, Steichen today about how conservative the game plan was. And, you know, look, if you can't run the ball, you can play that two-deep shell you don't have to worry about bringing a safety down into the box to stop the run. You're not going to have any deep shots. And I think that's one of the reasons why Alec Pierce was, a, you know, invisible is he's a downfield receiver, um, you know, more so than Pittman. And, you know, they had a safety over the top at all times. So, 
they have got to run the football just a little bit. I know everybody diminishes the importance of the running game and running backs are, are, are not as important as they used to be. And all that's true. But, you know, if you want to pass the ball effectively, you've got to, you've got to make that safety. You got to, you've got to make that safety come down the box and, and give yourself a chance over the top. And here's the problem. I, whatever you feel about Zach Moss, maybe I'm going to be completely wrong, but I'm not, believing that that's going to move the needle too much coming up on no. Sunday, uh, which in lies the problem here. And we'll get to Jonathan Taylor, his status situation coming up in just a second. I know that's going to thrill you. But to me, because it wasn't addressed in the past month, uh, there was nothing really offensively other than Isaiah McKenzie addressed in the offseason. There's just a lot of um, – what the hell going on right here? So, I mean, we're, what we're, the hell. right? Yeah, a lot of what the hell. And while I understand it's a rebuild, at the same time, do you not hold back what you're trying to see um, grow, produce, uh, evolve at quarterback here by taking this particular path? I, I agree completely. I mean, you, you've got to surround him. I mean, you go back to Peyton. Granted, future Hall of Famers uh, at the skill positions, Marvin Harrison and, and uh, Marshall Falk. And, you know, he. Hey, hold on. Hey, Bob, hold on one second. Your phone's yeah. cutting out. Put him on hold. I will right here. On hold is Bob, and make sure his phone's all right. Got to get that thought. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. We're going to go with whatever. And and you guys don't want to see whatever. I've said this all along. It's okay. You understand what you're going to get, and there's going to be a lot of losing this year. But you guys want to see a pop here or there, and there was an opportunity on Sunday. They just didn't have enough at the end. Didn't have enough dudes. And it's not like they're going to run out there and get any more. Bob Kravitz rejoins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, go ahead and move forward with what you were talking about as far as not having the adequate personnel to help out the quarterback and help the quarterback evolve himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I I like Michael Pittman a lot. You know, he's a one here. He's, you know, probably a two uh, at a lot of other places. But, you know, he's as solid as they get. He ran down the sideline. That was the fastest I've ever seen move i mean he was scooting but uh I'm, I'm still not sold on alec pierce i'm not sold on any of these tight ends i thought kylan granson has shown, shown some flashes i don't know if he can block well enough uh, i'm curious to see when jelani woods comes back because i thought he showed uh some signs last year of being a real nice player uh ogletree of course uh got hurt again um but you know, if you if you want to see what your quarterback can do, you got to surround him with some guys, and there's just nothing. Yeah, and look, I, I don't I don't put all the running problems on the running backs. I mean, there wasn't a hell of a lot of room to move. I mean, you know, fourth down and inches. You know, when I, I mentioned to Steichen, I said when you had Jalen Hurts, you guys were 35 and 34, 35 for 36 on fourth and, and one or less. And on those quarterback sneaks, and were just inches short uh, on fourth down, and they got completely stuffed. So 
some of it's on that offensive line, that that highly paid offensive line. They've got to be better, too. So Bob Kravitz joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. you got the Colts and the Texans coming up at Sunday at 1 o'clock. 10 a.m., your pregame huddle begins with me coming up on Sunday morning, and, and that kind of gets us to where we are with Jonathan Taylor. And I've asked this question and everybody else. It's pretty unanimous here that there's going to be no movement here on yeah. either side. At some point, I would expect some fireworks in the next three weeks yeah. or so here at some point. I want you to go ahead and, and talk about that, but there's a long a line drawn in the sand that nobody's going to jump over, even though it is incredibly evident to the stinking world that if you were to meet in the middle here, it would be better off for absolutely everybody. I mean, this this whole stink is ridiculous to me. I, I don't know who to blame, and the reason I, I say that is we don't know what, what Jonathan and his agent are asking for. You know, if they're asking for 12, 13 million, I would say, you know, you, you gotta, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Chris Jones signed. All these guys who were holding out, they've all signed, except for Jonathan Taylor, it seems like. Um, I don't know. I I do think they're going to they might they may end up suspending him once he, he, he you know, once he's eligible to come off the pup. I think like you said there's going to be fireworks. It's going to get messier before it gets fixed and you just hope that after that, by the time you reach the trade deadline, if they decided they're gonna they're gonna stand stand tough on this, that a team will look at themselves and say, "Hey, we're just a running back away," and they might be willing to give the Colts more of what they're looking for in a trade. Uh, besides, I guess three quarters of football on Sunday. What else stood out to you? What else did you take away as a positive? And certainly, if you want to talk about some of the negative, which Anthony Richardson had in the fourth quarter, make no mistake about that. You turn it over under those circumstances, and that's a negative, regardless of how much experience you have. Uh, but the good and the bad that you saw, besides the quarterback play on Sunday, well, the the great was uh, the stars on defense played like stars. I thought I thought Shaq Leonard looked terrific. That too. You know, I, I agree. I, I, you know, is he is he all the way back? No, but boy, he he from from sideline to sideline, a couple of snaps. I just watched him, and I thought he looked tremendous. Uh, DeForest Buckner was just blowing things up. Grover Stewart was really good, and Zaire Franklin is just he's just become uh, you know a Pro Bowler. I mean, he's he's becoming eight what, nineteen tackles or eighteen tackles, something like that. He was extraordinary. So I, I thought defensively they were pretty pretty solid. I thought even the secondary was played played passably good football. Uh, I I thought the play that changed the whole game was the punt. Yeah. You know they go up twenty one seventeen. They they punt the ball down to about the five yard line. Agnew picks it up, reverses field, and. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I give their their special teams guy Brian Mason a lot of credit for telling the media that a rookie made a rookie mistake and took the wrong lane and all that kind of thing because you rarely hear that from coaches. They they rarely tell you what actually went on. But um, you know, I thought that that was the big you know special teams Jacksonville. I mean, look Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a chance to go a long way. You look at their schedule, man. Their schedule is really favorable. Um, all their tough games are at home. Um, you know, they play still play in this division uh, with, with no really good teams except for themselves. Um, 
So, I, you know, I, I thought there were a lot of good things. I, I really did. And this team's not going to win much. I mean, they're just not. And, you know, and I, the fact that they're not um, making any effort to keep Jonathan Taylor tells me that they, they don't care much about winning this year. And I, I guess I can't argue all that that vehemently uh, that's a bad idea. I mean, the, the thing is you want Anthony to grow and you've got to surround him with studs. And, and, and uh, Jonathan Taylor is without question a stud. I, you just you got to sub- – Surround him with some anybody's, you know, not just kind of. You know, I, I hate saying it's nobody's, and that's yeah, kind of I mean, what he has right now. I mean, I- anybody to help him grow. I know this is not about wins and losses, and we know, right. you know, how much time Steichen's going to have, how much time Chris Ballard on this reset is going to have right now too. So that's going to be no big surprise. But you know, really, what you do is you hurt the growth of your quarterback by putting him in situations where he has absolutely nobody at all to lean on. Right, and, and, and you're constantly in third and long. You know, I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but, you know, it, it seemed like because of the running game, uh, they were in third and long all day long. And uh, this, it's certainly not optimal for a rookie quarterback, especially one with as little experience. I, I, thought, I thought the game plan. I, I thought they tried to keep it real simple. Uh you know, and I thought Anthony was really smart in the way he checked the ball down. Thought he made a couple of nice plays to Josh Downs, who I think has a chance to be a really nice player. Um, but you know, they, they don't have anybody on that team who scares the defense. They just don't. Hey, Bob, do you think that Shane Stark is still going to be a go for it guy? People were asking me about that uh, both on Monday and Tuesday, and I said that's just to me how he's wired. Although you can be wired differently as the OC in Philadelphia and do that with the personnel you have offensively yeah, than do it here. Exactly. Will he, will he adjust to that or will that still just basically be his MO, the go for it type of gambler guy moving forward, regardless of the Colts personnel? Yeah, I, I think he's going to make adjustments as he goes. I, I think, I think he understands now that, you know, they don't have the personnel um, that, 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 you know, helps you convert, in those situations, I mean, fourth, fourth and inches for crying out loud. You've got three of the highest paid offensive linemen at their positions and you can't move the ball a half a yard or a couple of inches. Are you kidding me? Um, so I, I don't know if this is the way he's going to be. I, I disagreed with the, uh, I think they had like fourth and four about the 40 something yard line. I didn't like that call, but I, I didn't take issue with any of the other fourth down decisions. Um, I, I, I think I think it's like anything else. He's going to figure out what he's the personnel and, and adjust accordingly. So, um, you know, it, it may it may be a little bit different. It may be a little bit more conservative on fourth down calls going forward. But, you know, it's not a question that I've asked him. So uh, I'm not not completely sure. It's a Bob Kravitz substack dot com slash at Bob Kravitz musings of an old sports writer with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. This may be something we'll get into tomorrow if you join us at Parks Place and Fishers. But I, I did want to kind of get into it before you left here. We saw Monday night Aaron Rodgers go down with that Achilles yeah. injury, and there has been. And I, I knew this was coming. I actually asked Nate Atkins this yesterday. You know, regarding turf fields to grass fields, and you know, we know the NFL in an era right now where, you know, they try to be, want to be, at least say that they are 100% with the health 
of the player, and this has been a point of contention the past 48 hours or so, will we get to a time when maybe they try to mandate each and every field around the NFL having real natural grass? Well, they're they're paying these these guys enough money. You would think that they would want to do everything in their power to protect their investment. Now, having said that, the NFL came out and they they claim to have studies that show that the the number of injuries or the frequency of injuries is not is not much greater on turf than than, than grass fields. I would suggest that. The injury that Rodgers got the other day would have happened just about anywhere. I mean, he just went down the wrong way. In fact, as soon as he went down, I turned to my wife and said, "That's, uh, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I said that's either a broken ankle or an Achilles. I mean, it was pretty clear by the way his foot kind of got under him. Um, but you would think with all the money, especially the guaranteed money they're giving these quarterbacks, they would do everything in their power to protect them. So I would hope that the Players Association uh, would get even more uh, involved in this and, and see what can be done. Because how much could – I mean, these are multi-billion-dollar businesses. Uh, it seems to me you can, you can afford to bring, you know, track grass fields into, into these stadiums, even the domes. Um, they do it in Arizona. Um, they do it in many other places. So – I'd like to see them go all grass, um, but I don't think the Rodgers injury was really was necessarily turf related. I'm not coming at that from an expert point of view, obviously, but it didn't. It looked to me like that's something that would have happened uh, in any case. So let's think for a moment here. Uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm assuming still has a number of years to go before they're going to have to build another one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'm thinking um, there's, there's no drainage underneath the uh, the stadium. So I wonder. I, I, I guess necessarily you wouldn't need drainage to have a grass field put on no, there. No, so not, you could just you could just like yeah slide it in or slide it out which is funny to say here on the air with you but you could do that i i guess at lucas oil stadium what's the possibility you think the colts ever think about doing that legitimately well i think there's a screaming and yelling and if if it comes from the top if goodell mandates it then then it's going to happen and i i just but well, jim's the leader jim's the clubhouse leader as far as owners he wants to be that loud voice so at some point he's probably going to be asked this yeah, yeah, he's he's too busy not uh, not talking to Jonathan Taylor now. I guess I don't know. I, <laughs> I, it seems to me when you're when you're paying these guys millions and millions of dollars, in some cases tens of even hundreds of millions, um, you, you want to protect them at all costs. Uh, but the league insists that they have studies. Now I haven't read them, but that they have studies that show that the the frequency is it's not that much greater frequency with um with turf as opposed to grass so you know they they seem to be dug in on this need to get that bill murray turf you dig that right the bill murray turf where you can play 18 holes on it and then smoke it all up afterwards smoke it yeah absolutely i'd be <laughs> totally in favor of that <laughs> hey, Bob on the andy moore automotive group pylon hey by the way somebody asked me this um and yeah. i think stephen holder told me he felt that this is all led by chris ballard 
And my counter was, if if Jim Irsay wanted Jonathan Taylor playing right now, he would write a check and Jonathan Taylor yeah. would be playing right now. So to me, it starts right there. Would you agree? I, I think it starts with Irsay, but I think I think Ballard's on board. And, and you know what, what's really sad about this, John, is that we have to question uh, on every issue like this. We have to question: Is Ballard on board with this? Or is this, or is yeah. he just doing Jim's bidding? And I think that's a really dangerous spot for a general manager when people don't know if he's, uh, you know, doing what he thinks is best or if he's doing the owner's bidding. Um, I would agree. If if Ursay said, "You you you write the check," or you know, "I'll write the check," and you, you get him back in, in here, I think he would do it. But I think I think they are of the same mind on this, honestly. Uh, could be wrong, but every indication I get is that organizationally, they're pretty much in lockstep on this. You're right about the whole Ballard to Ursay thing, because it's That's been terrible. like two two years now to where you have to legitimately ask the question. You wonder if the GM's on board because well, the owner has stepped in and made so many decisions. He's a survivor. It's you know, I mean, you know, it's funny that I remember when Jim hired Chris, he said, this is the greatest GM mind of the 21st century or some yeah. crazy ass thing he said. And, um, and, and then he, he took the job out of his hands basically and hired Jeff Saturday and made all these ridiculous moves last year. So he, he undermined Chris and you have to ask the question every time a decision is made, is Chris on board? And, you know, I, I think, I think at this point, it's one of 32 jobs. It pays well. He's got kids in school. He's got family. I mean, he's going to go along to get along. But honestly, last year, I can't wait for him to show up at a press conference and say, I'm done. But <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's a survivor, and uh, I think he uh, – uh, I think the paycheck is very nice. Yeah, I said this earlier. I, I can't think about anybody um, unless we're talking about you know ownership decisions within the Bengals for a couple of decades. I can't think of anybody that's had the direct decision-making, roster-building power like Chris that would get a seventh year after the sixth and more than likely an eighth and a ninth coming as well. That's, that's an amazing yeah. fact that just simply does not happen in this era of the NFL. It doesn't, and but, but there's one reason for it. He's got the Andrew Luck get out of jail free card, yeah. And he's been playing that, um, not intentionally, but you know, I, I think he's been able to play that for the last couple of years, um, and he's he's going to get at least two more years because he's got the rookie quarterback who's got no experience or very little experience. So there's no doubt in my mind he's he's here for at least the next two years and if they don't start to make some improvement then yeah i think we'll see a change um there but uh, for now i think he's fine yeah it, it is amazing to think about it um in terms of how much because yesterday was his birthday uh, how much andrew luck loves architecture uh considering uh the damage and the complete tear down of this organization he did at the tail yeah. end of uh when when he quit and he was done is is absolutely amazing to think about from somebody that loves architecture to the level in, in which he does certainly so yeah, I'm, I'm following you sort of 
Yeah, kind of. I was just trying to make something. That's, that's what happens. That's what happens when you try to create something, Bob. That's not there. Okay. So, I, I do that. That's, that, that's advice for Anthony Richardson. Don't try to create anything that's not there. All right, Eric. Exactly. There you go. You make, brought it all around to the to the beginning. Make sound decisions. Substack.com slash Bob Kravitz. Bob Kravitz musings of an old sports writer. You can find his work there and see him coming up tomorrow because he's going to slide by and have a couple of samples with us at Parks Place. Yeah. And Fishers. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, awesome. Looking forward to it. Can't wait Bye, to buddy. see you tomorrow, Bob. Thank you. Take care. It's a Bob Kravitz right there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. It is our Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Zool Tequila Shots. That is our show tomorrow. Parks Place Pub with Brent Halverson, betting analysts, Heaven Hill Distillery, tomorrow in Fishers. Parks Place Pub. It'll be a great time in Fishers. Can't wait to see you coming up tomorrow. 93 5 107 5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Why not, Mr. Venkman? Because you did not use the magic word. What is the magic word, Mr. Venkman? Please. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Kravitz, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Bob will join us tomorrow. You better too, right? I was thinking about a Thursday night, start of NFL Week 2, Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Um, did you go 1-0 fantasy football-wise this week, James, over there? Because I know I did. I was an ass whipper. I did. I went. One, it helped that Aaron Rodgers got injured because that was the quarterback of the guy I was playing. Uh, it helped me that I had Dallas's defense and special teams oh, yeah. against the Giants. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I don't cry with the Giants going down like that. That's funny. Uh, and Brandon Ioka, I had the wide receiver for the 49ers, had a nice afternoon, too, in Pittsburgh. That's really the only thing that I could talk about that's any good. The rest of my team sucks. And two things go right, exceptionally right. I think I put up a buck 37 with the rest of my team moving forward with uh, what I would at least fancy-wise call a crap effort. Got that. So we'll find out our picks coming up tomorrow, week number two. And we got free samples. Park Place. It'll be up in Fishers tomorrow. This Parks Place pub is awesome. You're going to love it. I mean, Sleater's going to be in the house. I uh, can't wait for that. So uh, all of us up there tomorrow. Can we do it? Hey, Friday, by the way, Taylor's Pub, Nora, Bud Light Blue Friday. I believe that's Rams Colts tickets. By the way, the Rams, probably the most surprising win of the opening week. I don't know. Maybe you say Detroit is. But the Rams at Seattle, not bad. This portion of the show and the lounge via YouTube Live brought to you by Wynn Schuler's, Indy's favorite cheese spreads. Wynn Schuler's, you can find them. Meyer and Kroger in the refrigerators there. Wynn Schuler's spreadable cheeses. Uh, the official sponsor... Of the Lounge via YouTube Live. Guys, you got to respect the cheese sponsorship in there, too. If you're going to watch, you can participate. You can listen inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, per always. 93.5-1075 and 239-1070 as a handy way to get on the show. Butch, I apologize for leaving you on hold yesterday, my good friend. Go ahead. Uh, not a problem, JV. How are you? 
I am okay. Thank you for asking. I'm going to go coach up as an assistant coach. Some eighth grade girls coming up a little bit later on. Played a little hoop myself until 11 o'clock last night. Felt good. Stayed up about 2 in the morning. Got up at 545. Fantastic, I feel, Butch. Fantastic. Invigorated. You are amazing. You're my hero. I'm a machine, Butch. I am an absolute machine. Well, and I got things going good for me right now, too. Love it. I love it. I want everybody listening, including Butch, to have things going great for them right now. Well, I mean, you know, you get a colonoscopy and it comes back perfect. Perfect. That's all good. That's good. You got Coach Woodson recruiting his tail off. Hopefully he can close a few of those recruits coming in. The uh, uh, JMV Takeover uh, 90s Friday, Saturday night is going to be epic. And Epic. You notice I did not mention the Colts as going good. Because you weren't that happy with that week one ending, correct? Yeah. I mean, Jamie, okay. I've, seen, I've seen train wrecks, not literally, but uh, figuratively <laughs> yeah. before. But this thing from the top down is an absolute uh, overused phrase, train wreck. This, I mean, you got an owner who can't keep his mouth shut. You got a general manager who doesn't know a thing about running a football team. He's got the best running back in the league. Uh, all he's got to do is pay him a little bit to get him in there and run. Uh, you've got a, a rookie quarterback who I hope does well. He looks the part. But when he when he comes out of the, the game on, on Sunday and they interview him, he said, well, one thing I learned is you can't take a quarter off. But you – you had to play a game in the NFL to figure out you can't take a quarter off? I mean, this is a train wreck beyond comprehension. It's off the rails. They'll be lucky to win one stinking game this year. And thank God we got IU basketball on the way. I'm so excited about that. And I hope you have a very, very good rest of the week. Butch, Bye-bye. thank you very much. Butch has got a lot of really good colonoscopy, thumbs up, no pun intended. Everything's good for Butch, but that performance and the situation with the Colts for Butch is not. Passon covers baseball for ESPN. And I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, the right-hander, Max Scherzer, for the Rangers, uh, went out of the game with what was described as uh, a strained tricep last night. Uh, apparently, he is going to miss the rest of the season. A muscle that connects the scapula to the humerus is loose and lingering about in his right arm. That's not good at all. That doesn't sound good whatsoever. I'm just actually making that part up. The lingering about is me. Uh, Rangers general manager Chris Young telling reporters unlikely that he pitches in the postseason. Now, Rangers having a good year, too, uh, if you're keeping track at home. I don't know if I've uh, kept track on the Rangers. Well, certainly when they played the the Cardinals and I wanted them to win, obviously they didn't. It was the... uh, that's a David Freeze game right there. But going back to the Rangers, the reason why they were so huge in my youth was because when I went to Layman's General Store and bought a pack, that's how we did it back in the day to get baseball cards in our collection. You bought them pack by pack, and you chewed that hard-ass rectangular piece of gum. 
but in every pack during my youth of getting Topps baseball cards and collecting, there was a Richie Zisk in there. I had Richie Zisk from the Rangers or Richie Zisk from the Mariners. I've got a million Richie Zisks. JMB, I thought Butch butchered that call. <laughs> you did that purposely right there, I see. Uh, Brandon writes this, please notify everyone that this weekend is apple picking weekend with the wife, girlfriend, significant other. The college football slate is awful compared to last week. Oh, I get you right here. So if if you feel like there's at least one Saturday, fellas, where you got to go out with your wife or girlfriend or your significant other, go to like Apple Works or something like that. Uh, down in Bedford, Indiana, down in Lawrence County off of 37, it's Apple Acres. But especially a place like Apple Works where there's a lot to do down outside of Trafalgar, this is the weekend. This is the Saturday for it. And here's what's great about this. You can do this Saturday afternoon and then at 6 o'clock, get in the backyard, fire up the fire pit, get the bonfire going, turn it to B105.7, the JMV takeover, and 6 until midnight. You know what you're going to get? You guys have any idea what you're going to get on Saturday? You're going to get all requests radio, which nobody does. I mean, nobody does it. We're the only. I'm the only person that does it. And my boss is the only people that allow it. Everybody else is voice track from last Wednesday. You're going to get nothing but the 90s. So if you love the decade of the 90s, that's what's coming up on Saturday. So, yeah, go to Apple Works, go grab some apples, you know, do that fall fun type of stuff even before fall begins. Go to the Scotland Festival down in Greene County. Do that. Six to midnight, the JMV takeovers, nothing but the 90s. That's on Saturday night. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour, on the road tomorrow and Friday. A reminder where Aaron Jr. I own Aaron, by the way. I owe him a call. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Don't leave. 93-5107-5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Sis Boomba. Sis Boomba. <laughs> Describe the sound made when a sheep explodes. <laughs> 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, this quick reminder. This is a JMV show coming up on Saturday down at Brown County Music Center. You have Bullet Boys, Lita Ford, and this band, Warrant, as the headliner. Tickets are available. Great pricing right now for that show. That's an official JMV show coming up on Saturday. Brown County Music Center, if you've yet to be there. Uh, Brown County Music Center is absolutely spectacular. So check it out. Again, Bullet Boys, Lita Ford, and Warrant. If you were ever a hairband fan, know this. You got three great bands and artists right there, and you've got the Brown County Music Center. That's coming up on Saturday. Check it out. It is browncountymusiccenter.com right now and get your tickets for Saturday. Great pricing, too. It's a JMV show. Coming up on Saturday, 239-1070. I owe Aaron a call. I left him on hold yesterday. Hello, Aaron. Hey, good evening, uh, John. How you doing? Fantastic. What's up? You feeling okay? 
Oh, yeah, I'm feeling great. So awesome. about it. Great. Hey, you know, I got a couple of questions for you. Yeah. And, uh, and an observation about the Colts. What free agent in their right mind that reaches or passes their expectations on the field will want to come here and play with the attitude that the general manager and the owner the Mark Cuban of the NFL has. Well, I will tell you this. What 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 free agent would Chris Ballard go out and try to get anyway? But okay. That's what ahead. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, he would. he's probably not going to have any interest in general. So it doesn't matter whether or not they have interest. Yeah. Could you, could you imagine? I know the times are different. But could you imagine if Peyton and Ed, we had Peyton and then Edgerton was up to be drafted? There would be no Edrin. There would be no Marvin. But there will be some big offensive linemen, you know, on the Colts. You cannot ask this young rookie to go out there. And you talk, I hear different people on the radio, well, it's to prepare him to get him ready for the next three seasons. Well, if some rookie running back that Jim Murphy say that you can pick out of nowhere just to be your running back and he misses a block, and some defensive lineman come knock the living daylights out of Anthony Richardson, he's not going to be around. Well, I mean, he, he may so end up running down the field, too, and not be around because he's going to get hit anyway. I tell you what, i got to hit a break. What's, what's that, uh, besides that, what's your final opinion? What's that observation, Aaron, you were talking well, the about? The final thing is, like I told Kevin earlier, that, uh, if Chris Ballard has his own theme music, it would be when the walls come tumbling down by John Cougar. Oh, what yeah. What would be your theme music? My my theme music right now? Anybody. Well, I'm, your, your I'm looking. Well, I'm, I'm telling you what. Music. Aaron, thank you for the call. I'm looking at myself inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the Winshuler Spreadable Cheese Lounge. I'm looking at myself right now, James, right? And it would have to be the 80s Buster Poindexter classic, Hot, Hot, Hot. That's what I'm looking at right now. Hot, Hot, Hot. Thank you for asking. Quick one, we'll come back. Bowen on the other side. Morning show. It is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. We'll talk to Kevin next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. I am the cream here, the cream of the crop, and there is no one that does it better. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. A shout-out to Dave Chappelle in town tonight for that show at Cambridge Fieldhouse. And to all of those on this show that won tickets to go see a comedic genius. Comedic genius in town, in the house tonight at Cambridge Fieldhouse. Enjoy. What a great Wednesday night here downtown in Indy. Have dinner someplace, go to Cambridge Fieldhouse, laugh and laugh and laugh with Dave Chappelle. And uh, tell me how that goes, especially those of you that won tickets right here. That's outstanding. Uh, That's from Jason, JMV. It's funny to me how the Colts are the bad guy in this Jonathan Taylor talk scenario, expecting their running back to fulfill the last year of his contract, like Barkley, like Jacobs, and numerous other backs. 
Yeah, I mean, you can look at it that way, too. And you can also look at it as, you know, the owner you know, stepped outside the box and, and did some yippy-yapping to the beginning and started this. And yeah, I'm sure that the ball was already rolling downhill in a bad way, the way that it was. But that didn't help. And both sides have not uh, certainly covered themselves in glory. In terms of having somebody that's been a difference maker in the past at a skill position offensively to help out clearly a rookie quarterback that is in need of that type of help and support and security. So, yeah, you know, look at it both ways on it, too. Thank you, Jason. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Pylon. Morning show is now called the Morning Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Kevin Bowen joins us. Um, I, I did reach out to Andy. I, I didn't know if you had an update on Andy and his wife and, and their situation uh, a little bit after 5 o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Kev, you got anything you can share? Yeah, we've got a baby boy born at uh, I think he tweeted about this, by the yeah. way, so I, I, I don't want people to think all of a sudden out there I'm just revealing Sweeney family news um, randomly. Yeah, baby boy. Is it, they name it JMV Smooth? <laughs> don't think so. You know, oh, he, he, he refers to himself as a gas bag quite often, and I, I kind of like little gas for a nickname for the little guy. Oh, JMV Smooth like- Sweeney sounds awesome, don't you? Yeah, I guess I've got a decent yeah. ring to it. Middle name, middle name smooth right about, there, yeah. The way you've talked about Louisville and Sellersburg before, I, I, I don't know if he's going <laughs> to go with that. I was going to ask you this. Do you think, does he take that in stride and laugh about it, which is exactly how it's meant, or does he take that <laughs> Southern Indiana stuff the wrong way? Yeah, I, I think he just like had to be reminded, like, hey, this is just JMV being JMV. And I, I, I think once he kind of gets the swing of it, he will. And I mean, I guess in a way, I mean, you are, I know you're not that Southern Indiana. You don't classify yourself as that. No, we don't. Listen, uh, we don't have any teeth or indoor plumbing either. So yeah, I'm right there with him. In fact, I had people go to school with me, some that did not graduate. They'll probably be even worse than those of him in and around the Silver Creek, Sellersburg area down there. So yeah. Uh, but yes, we had a baby born this morning, so I know it was a pretty nice. chaotic uh, night for them, and, and even the morning, and he was kind of texting us updates. At at one point, I asked him for an update, and he said that he referred to the situation as we are a Big Ten offense slowly prodding along. So I, I didn't know if this is like a reference to the Wisconsin offensive line or Brian Ferentz or what, but... Uh, nonetheless, I guess the ball got over the uh, got over the goal line about ten forty this morning. Is he an SEC honker? Because I mean, really, let's face it: in football, Kentucky's really not the SEC. I mean, you got to get down into Georgia and Alabama and to be SEC, right? I mean, there's there's nothing really. He's he's more Big Ten there than than SEC. I mean, really ACC, and that sucks even worse. Yeah, I look at Kentucky and Vanderbilt like we look at Rutgers and Maryland. Yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of. I mean, that doesn't really count. Now, granted, Rutgers and Maryland have had you know varying degrees of of success. Whereas Kentucky, well, I guess Kentucky's had a little bit of success here as of late, but certainly Vanderbilt is not having any sort of success in the SEC whatsoever. It's just a matter of time before they exit the conference. You would think, unless their academic reputation is the only thing holding them together. Yeah, well, uh, Vanderbilt's really good in the Quiz Bowl. I got that going yeah, exactly. for 
Yeah. yeah, and I guess they're good at baseball. So they have yeah. SEC baseball going. going yeah, and, and, I think the Jerry Stackhouse thing has gone very well in basketball either. Well, and and they also both uh, Vanderbilt and Belmont. I wonder the percentage of folks that end up in the music industry because of where they're located out of both those schools. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. Lipscomb, throughout, yeah. isn't that a Nashville yep. school as well? It Bel- is. I mean, hell, you know Belmont from D- Dylan Windler. But yep. I mean, Belmont's got more than a respectable basketball program. Yeah, yeah no doubt about that. We, we're um, making a little fun of Andy Sweeney occasionally so i know he's going to be out and i want you to give him our best i mean everybody not just me here in studio and james but our best from the listening audience out there whenever you speak with him so uh what's what's the deal tomorrow this morning james is in there with you james boyd of the athletic who you got tomorrow yeah it'll be james again tomorrow okay it'll be myself and uh mark dykeman to round out the week oh no uh, not i don't have to hear about Cubs rookies being great because they caught a baseball, do I? Good crap and Lord. Tell me you were listening today when during our morning check down, which I can't recall a time we've ever played a highlight of a losing team ever. Yeah. And he played a highlight of a Cubs prospect making a catch in the outfield. That's so exciting. Well done. The guy's not going to be any better than Mike Vale. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> That guy's gonna hey, make Jerome. He's gonna make Jerome Walton look like Willie Mays. Last night might have been the best Reds night of the year. A Reds win. Yeah, and I five agree. Teams of, five teams above us all lost. Come on. Hey, Kev, I'm gonna give our favorite team some credit because there've been a lot of times over the past two, three weeks I have no idea who the hell's pitching. I go, wait a minute. I follow this team all summer. I don't know who the hell that is. Um, and they've had everything from COVID to injuries to whatever happen. Um, and the fact that they're still legitimately in this race in September, that gives me a semi-sports arousal. It does. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're happy, I'm happy about this this, this subject. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I remember moments like in July where it's like, oh, we always had June. And even in August, it was like, oh, we always had June. And, yeah, I, I didn't think we'd get to mid-September and think, I mean, what, are they one back? Is that what it is right now? Um, yeah, I, I think one. Think yeah, would, one back. Yeah, I I didn't think we would be in that situation where you still have have an opportunity here. So we'll see how the next uh, next couple of yeah, uh, the Cubs are down three. Cubs are down three yeah. in Colorado right now. I wonder if their outfielder made any catches. I hope so. <laughs> That's exciting. Well, you know, Mark Dyken will be playing that first thing tomorrow morning. You know, oh, yeah, we got Zaire Franklin on at 7.30. Wait, Zaire, we're going to keep you on hold. We're going to play an outfielder catching a ball here. <laughs> so, Kevin Bowen, it is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. And uh, Kevin's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pipeline. Uh, any sights and sounds coming out of the locker room? And I, I saw and certainly listened to a, a lot of it today. But anything of interest, obviously, I, it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. I mean, Kev, they, they sat on this situation. They knew exactly what they had at running back for a month and didn't do jack squat about it with a broken arm dude and a bunch of guys that, that you know, you couldn't count on to do anything. And they, they got really... Uh, what we all thought they were going to get out of that output-wise, production-wise on Sunday. So Evan Hall goes down. Zach Moss is back. So nobody is surprised they didn't go out and do anything more legit than that here in the week leading up to week two in Houston, right? 
Yeah, I, it is a bit crazy to me, John, that you know Zach, Zach Moss broke his arm six weeks ago. The Jonathan Taylor situation has played out throughout that entire time frame, and through all of that, it's been you know literally Kenyon Drake. I mean, that is that's it. And I guess the lack of activity yesterday means that Zach Moss is going to give it a go coming up on Sunday. And, and I do think, like in a way this is the approach that some teams do decide to take at running back. They have this guy that, you know, is a middle round pick and, you know, he's the runner on first and second down. And then they've got a different guy that comes in on third down. And, and that's kind of the approach. And we'll see how that works for the next three weeks. I mean, Zach Moss, it was, you know, a bit of a flash in pan, but, you know, he did have a couple of moments late last season and we'll see if that continues. But, you know, it's one thing for me to take kind of the youth movement approach on defense when those positions don't directly impact Anthony Richardson. I think when you take that approach offensively, though, that's what can hurt him. That's what can stunt him. And, you know, I don't know if this is true, but, you know, there had to be some moments in Anthony Richardson on Sunday where he felt like he had to do it all. And he had to be the one, you know, making those plays as a runner. And how much does that then lead to him suffering two different lower body injuries in the game? And just in natural, those hits add up. And, and, you know, how does that wear and tear uh, look and how does he react to that over time? I think those are all very fair questions to be asked. And I thought he was pretty honest. You you asked for kind of locker room moments. I asked him how he felt today or how he felt on Monday coming back from his first ever game. And, I mean, he was, he kind of cracked a smile and was like, man, I was, I was a little sore. And, you know, the guys in the locker room said, Hey, welcome to the NFL, Brooke. And you know, obviously some of these guys aren't taking as many direct shots as he took throughout. So um, I do think that that is something that if he runs and is needed to run as much as he was on Sunday, and you can make the argument the Colts needed him to run even more if they were trying to win that game. Uh, how much of that is going to add up? It's Kevin Bowen with us. Uh, I did some studying for the first time since 1981 on this subject that you're talking about here. And I I see really, even with, let's just say, for example, something magically happens and Jonathan Taylor reemerges after this four-week <clears throat> hiatus on PUP and he returns back and everything's great and he starts running the football again. I see no way that we're going to get around what you just described Anthony Richardson being. I mean, even with support on this team, it is just inevitable that until he gains more confidence in his arm, I, I probably until he goes through an injury type of situation. Again, I'm not going wood on this. I, I don't see a way around this because that's just kind of who he is going to be until, I guess, simply put, he isn't. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I think it's a great point, and it's certainly something that is on my mind is just, you know, is there a time and point in his career where he's more of a passer than a runner? I, I, I know you're never going to remove that aspect to his game, and, and you don't want to totally remove that at all because it's what makes him unique and such a weapon. But, you know, in the case of C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, the two other guys drafted, for example, those guys are throwers before they are runners. Uh, Richardson, you probably wouldn't say that just yet. Um, and so I think that dynamic to his game is something that's going to be huge because there is more of an injury element. And, you know, Shane Sykes was asked about that today, and he pointed to, you know, guys get hurt more in the pocket than they do out of the pocket. And, 
I mean, sure, I'm sure there's some evidence of that, but look at the two hits that Anthony Richardson got hurt on on Sunday. Both of those were him out of the pocket trying to make a play. Look at Andrew Luck lacerating his kidney. That was out of the pocket. So you, you still run the risk of, you know, guys kind of getting full-speed shots at you in those moments. Um, and I don't think, you know, you can ignore that. And that's why I think you want to try and take some of that pressure off of him so where he doesn't feel the need to be, you know, hero ball, if you will. And I just think NFL hits and NFL speed is different. I mean, I leaned over to Mike Chappell, who I sit next to in the press box, and I think it was right after Josh Allen had kind of met Richardson out of bounds on those two plays that I think they went down to sacks, actually. But basically it was no gain, a loss of maybe a half yard for Richardson. And I kind of said to Chappell, I'm like, man, Richardson's probably thinking to himself at Florida – I get to the edge here and I get three or four yards or the defender doesn't meet me like where they're meeting me here. Or even the first sack of the game when Allen kind of ran him down from behind. Again, that's a play that maybe Richardson scrambles for a few yards. Um, And I guess him going through all of this, how does that react? I don't know if Trevor Lawrence's words post game will have that big of an impact on him. Yes, he did suffer a couple of injuries in the opener, but, you know, he was full go today in practice, and he's going to be fine for Sunday, so maybe it'll take something a little bit more on their injury front for him to alter his game. But, you know, more than that, I think he's got to progress and feel comfortable and develop as a thrower before he is a little bit more of that than he is a runner and therefore avoids just some of those unnecessary hits. And certainly he can try and do some of that on his own and, you know, slide a little bit. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had some plays where he scrambled and then – had some slides on on Sunday. I get a few of the Richardson plays. You know, you might necessarily not be in a position where you can slide, but uh, that will be obviously something to watch as well. So Kevin Bowen's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, uh, in terms of Shane Steichen, I think that you have a lot of great memories from a year ago to where you could dial up something, and because your quarterback had. So much incredible amount of support that more than likely it was going to work. And I'm not even talking about Kev in terms of skill position players, which they certainly had. But their offensive line was as good as any offensive line a year ago, if not the best, and fantastic for him. And I think those are some of the things you get caught up in, whereas you're thinking about where you are right now. And it's not even in the, the zip code of where it was for him a year ago. I, and I, I think I know how he's wired to go for it and be aggressive. I kind of wonder if he's going to end up changing that tune considering the personnel he has to that of you know how they did that and they could gamble a year ago because their personnel was so top-notch. I'm going to see how this evolves over the course of the season. Yeah, I... I might be in the minority of this. I didn't have too big of an issues with the fourth down decisions on. Oh, no, I, I, I agree, especially the last one, Kev. I know you're going to bring this up. I, I can see both sides of it. I mean, you want a short field to go if you get the onside kick to bring Matt Gay out there. I mean, you're down there, you know, punch it in. And this team is just in. And this is what's scary. The short yardage situation still, still rears its ugly head. And the defense in the fourth quarter, as it was a year ago, a mess gave up 14 on Sunday. Still problematic. Yeah, those are good points. I mean, that fourth and inches, because it wasn't even a yard. I mean, that was fourth and inches, the first one when they tried the Philly special. And there is an element of we just immediately blame the head coach or the play caller for everything. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to hand out, 
you know, slips of blame. I handed it out to the offensive line before I handed them out to Shane Steichen on that play. How much money are you paying Braden Smith? How much money Ryan Kelly is making? How much money is Quentin Nelson making? And on fourth and inches, with a 6'4", 230-pound quarterback getting pushed by you know, Michael Pittman and Deion Jackson, and he can't pick that up in that moment. Like, to me, that's just that's more on your offensive line than it is anything. The other fourth downs I thought were very kind of fringe field goal range, you know, 59, 60 yards. I mean, that's even indoors. I, I, I don't know if you try that. And obviously we saw where your punt game was on Sunday. It was no guarantee you were pinning punts inside of the 10, inside of the 5 by any means. So um, I didn't have a, you know too much of an issue with that. And, and I do think Shane Steichen – I think Shane Steichen is – and this sounds so stupid. He's calling plays to win the football game. I, I know this season that kind of gets on the back burner, the wins and losses debate. But in Steichen's case, what is he thinking? He's thinking Jacksonville's going to get to 30. You know, we've got to get to 30. So I think in some of those situations, too, it was the debate of three, the debate of seven. You know, if we have a chance to, you know, win this game, we're going to have to score a lot. And so I think that was some of it. And probably some of it was, hey, if we possess the ball here, you keep Jacksonville on the sideline. Um, it was very feast or famine with that offense, if you looked at it. They had, you know, 14 drives, I think it was, in total on Sunday, and 11 of them uh, got less than 10 yards. So, I mean, it was – Really, three drives is really all they had in terms of moving it. So I think it was a part of it was, hey, we got to try and make the most out of these drives because we just aren't moving it with any sort of consistency. It's the Kevin Bowen with us. So I mentioned this earlier. Uh, if you are incredibly, outrageously optimistic, you need this game coming up on Sunday. And if you are pessimistic, like most of us have been, with that six and a half over under total right here, I, I think we all in tune need a Colts win on Sunday. I mean, for everybody's thought and predictions this year, the way that you look at this Houston team, and I don't think. I don't think it's going to be as easy as advertised either. I mean, a home opener, a new quarterback, you know, mess in Baltimore over the weekend, you know, a, a new quarterback on the road for the first time with a, a lack of talented skill, positionally speaking, team offensively. That's not always a great combination here. I don't think this is a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination, like a lot of Colts fans may suggest. Yeah, I I think Houston is not very good at all. Um, I thought in week one, um, C.J. Stroud sacked five times. Their offensive line got even more banged up in that game, and I think the Colts' defensive line showed on Sunday that um, they can take advantage of a subpar offensive line and one that was banged up in Jacksonville, and I'd make the argument Houston is even more in that category, and I think in C.J. Stroud's case, you know, we saw him in college. If you put a little chaos around him, that's just different than what he's used to. And um, so I think that should be an advantage there. Um, you know, offensively, you know, obviously you still kind of have to prove yourself. But, I mean, this is a game to your earlier point, John. If you want this season to be anything of win value, yes. this. I mean, this is your easiest road game all year. And – I think you got to go down there and you got to get that win. And I think there's an element too, just like as a franchise, it's like, gosh, isn't it time that you win in the AFC South again? I mean, it's, it's crazy to think that this franchise, the Indianapolis Colts have won one of their last eight AFC South games. I mean, we're talking about the <laughs> AFC South, yeah, I I mean, know. the, the, the <laughs> lowliest of the low and You've won one of your last eight, 
And, you know, all of it really started in that win and, and get-in game that obviously you didn't get to end the 2021 season. Last year you go through it and you win one, you tie one, you lose four, and obviously you lost your first game this season in the division. Even if you go back to the start of 21, I think you're like four, I want to say it's four, eight, and one uh, in divisional games in the last couple of years. So, uh, I mean, that is so embarrassing and so pathetic as a franchise that that's where you're at right now. And, again, we're talking about the AFC South. We're not talking about the AFC East or right. North or West where all those divisions have better top of the divisions and just better overall depth across it. So I don't think many times we're going to have these Wednesday conversations where I get too worked up over wins and losses this season, but there is an element of like, I mean, come on, like start winning in this division again, because I just don't think maybe Houston is still in this category, but Tennessee and Jacksonville, they certainly don't face the Colts anymore and think there's fear or think there's the, Hey man, this is the big bad bully. that's beaten up on us for all these years. There's no way Mike Vrabel and the Titans or Doug Peterson, the Jags think that at all. Maybe the Texans still do, but certainly not the other two teams. You remember, and I'm sure you do, how this market, this fan base, used to make fun of, and the rest of the division so many times, the butt of jokes regarding the Colts, and the Colts would just manhandle the division. The Colts are the joke now in this division. They're the joke. They're the absolute joke and, and if regardless of what you think about a rebuild and where you are and you know your your pop culture music collection and all that that has to be incredibly difficult for Jim Ursay to look in the mirror and know where his team is right now regardless of what you're trying to do and what the understanding is rebuild wise here this season moving forward that has to be difficult embarrassing yeah I mean yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, think think about the history of, you know, the Colts in this division since 02 when the realignment occurred and, you know, the sheer dominance they had that first decade. And, I mean, even in the Pagano-Gregson era, at one point you had won 16 straight divisional games and now you've won one of your last eight. Like, and it's not like this division has gotten any better. It's not like Tennessee has been this – perennial you know they they finally found a quarterback and you know they're making afc title game runs year in and year out or you know jacksonville had one year in 2017 and that's it and of course houston has been has been houston so um it's kind of the weird balance john i felt at times with the pacers last season and you know when you got into some of those late game fourth quarter moments it was like man yeah you know if you can prove your draft stock certainly there's going to be a group that loves that but then it's also like don't you have to get used to winning a little bit so you don't get, uh, you know, kind of accepting of it, of not winning, I guess. And I feel that way a little bit about Sunday, of a new operation. And, you know, all of a sudden, I, I know it's a road divisional game, so maybe it's not as, you know, whatever, uber importance as some other ones will feel. But there's a lot of guys in this team that have just been a part of a lot of losing here, especially late. And making sure that that doesn't grow to be the norm, um, I, I think, is really, really a huge key. It's uh, Kevin Bowen, the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. Andy is off, and Andy and his wife, um, proud parents to a baby boy, 
earlier today, as Kevin reported when we first started. So congratulations, and we're thinking about Andy and his wife, certainly. Tomorrow on the show, James Boyd of the Athletic back in, and then uh, Cubby Dykton coming up the rest of the week talking about how can of corn routine catches are fantastic in the world of Chicago Cubs fans. I did want to ask you this before we go here. Um, so evidently, uh, the powers that used to be here um, are – putting a $35 million price tag on where I sit right now in this building. Kev, between my alcohol collection and your porn mag collection at our collective desk, this should be at least $36 million. Should it not? Come on. Toss in like Eddie Garrison's bobbleheads. And yeah, I mean, hell yeah, it should be. Yeah, wait till Cushman and Wakefield takes a uh, takes a gander of what's inside. They, you know, they only see the outside of it right now. It, yeah, Spud Dick's going to be Spud Dick will be here every alcohol. day. Spud Dick's going to be here every day when he finds out how much alcohol I have at my desk. <laughs> it, it will be absolutely glorious uh, to think what they're what they're going to get for that. Yeah, I, I, I did see the uh, see the headlines there. So does that mean we could be out like real quick? I don't know. I, I'm just. Yes, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that process works. I have a feeling like nothing too right. too quick on that end. But um, yeah, it's certainly once they take a look at your desk. Um, yeah, that you imagine? price is going to be nearly nearly double there. They find that secret hiding place you have at your desk with porno mags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and who knows what uh, what what Andy and Jake have in their day. I mean, Andy oh, has been my. alone for the next uh, for the last couple of weeks. I can't imagine what Jake has back there right now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know too. I, I mean, maybe a little add a little bit more because I've had three uh, Saturday night meals ripped off down there when they've been delivered um, around eight o'clock on Saturday nights. So, really, yeah. One guy yelled at me too. He was eating my food and he yelled at me. I go, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, he's screaming at me right in front of Laney. Hey, come on in for the JMB takeover. <laughs> I said, I said, man, it's all good. It's yours, man. Go ahead and take it. He yelled at me. Laney said, I think you need to come back in here. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. So, all good. But yeah, thirty-six million dollars compared to what we have collectively in our cubicles back there. Yeah, thirty-five felt a little bit light right there to me. So, and by the way, shout out to Spud Dick, who apparently works at this company, right? You know Spud, oh, yeah. don't you? Former yeah. Uh, yeah, former yeah. DePaul quarterback, uh, the the son of Gary Dick, friend of this show, uh-huh. apparently is uh, sure. trying to find suitors for this building. I love it. So Spud and his is his uh, is his guy John John Crisp on it. He's a big time listener. Oh, is he? What's his name? I don't, does he listen yeah. to me, or you? He may not listen to me. I may be too hillbilly oh, for no, him. No, I think. He strikes me as a P1 guy, so yeah. He's a good dude. If those guys are on it, this thing will be sold by uh, by Halloween. No questions asked. What are they going to turn this thing into? Is it going to be like a, uh, I know. a casino? <laughs> Boy, that'd be, yeah. Sportsbook, that'd be. <laughs> my my, my apologies to Shelbyville and Anderson, by the way, too. I know that they don't want to hear that, and I'm saying that in jest. But what do you, what do you think well, this is going to end up got- being? If you've got liquor, porn, and bobbleheads, yeah. that, 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 that could probably fit the boat there. I, I was always told, like, all the walls are really soundproof, and that's going to be, I don't know, difficult. To, I yeah, I know nothing, I, and that's going to be difficult to sell. But I, I'm obviously very, very curious what it's, what it's going to turn into. 
Yeah. You gotta hopefully, you go, hopefully it lasts better than the salad place on the corner lasted. <laughs> Are they going to bring back Aubon Pond and just make it like seven floors of Aubon Pond? Hey, there's your $15 bowl of cold soup right here. There's your chicken broth for 15 bucks. Yeah, it's it's a shock that that business model didn't make it, right? So, yeah. All right. Who do you guys get coming at you in the morning? Uh, we got Zaire Franklin joining us at 730. So oh, nice. Gonna okay. Call after uh, that impressive effort out of him, so. Always enjoy chatting with him. So, yeah, he is going to call us at 7.30. And then uh, old John McClain, always a favorite. Like him. Whenever the Texans appear on the schedule. So, looking forward to that. At, uh, Houston and the Colts coming up on Sunday. The Houston home opener. The Colts, of course, on the road for the first time. 1 o'clock is that kick. 10 a.m. with me and others. The Colts pregame huddle. Morning show. It is the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy. No Andy Sweeney, but uh, James Boyd coming up in the morning on the show. Kev, I appreciate you very much, man. We'll talk next week. Yep. See you, John. Kevin Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Yeah, you guys are all kind of laughing at that. Yeah, I saw Adam Sandler, Gambridge Fieldhouse, November the 15th. The Sandman, one of the all-time favorite conversations I've ever had. It, he he bullcrapped me, though, because I was supposed to go play pickup basketball with him the next morning, he and his group, and evidently they invited Casey Kane and didn't call me to come in and play. Stinking Casey Kane. I believe that. NASCAR driver Casey former NASCAR driver Casey Kane. You imagine that broke ass jumper? Come on. And I know I know why I didn't get invited because they know that you know they'd have to play a little bit of defense. They'd have to guard me out by the hash mark. Nobody wants to really do that. But in terms of the interview, Sandler was awesome back during the Super Bowl here. But Sandler coming back according to Dave Lindquist November the 15th. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Hopefully, we'll have some tickets to give away for that. Dave Chappelle at Gamebridge Fieldhouse later on tonight. I know we had tickets for that. Enjoy what is going to be a comedic genius downtown here in Indy later on tonight. Here's Hoosier Park Race of the Day. 50-50 betting and dining is still to come. On the road tomorrow and Friday. I'll explain next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. You might end up dead. You might end up dead is my middle name. What about Jay? I don't know her middle name. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Kravitz, Kevin Bowen, podcast 1075thefan.com. We are in Fishers tomorrow. Lark City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots. It's going to be me, betting analyst Brent Halverson. I think Bob Kravitz is going to stop by as well. I'm looking for everybody out there tomorrow. Uh, the free samples from the Heaven Hill Distillery coming at you. Sleater's going to be there. Parks Place Pub, that is tomorrow in Fishers. Guys, be there. Um, I think one time last year, I think I told this a little bit earlier, I had uh, I was taking a power nap, right? Sometimes I do that. I go on the road. I get there really early. People think I just kind of walk in at the last minute and do the show. But I was uh, taking a power nap in the truck, and a cop came up and knocked on the window thought I was dead. <laughs> but I wasn't. I was alive. I was just taking a nap, a little power nap for the show. 
Uh, but tomorrow in Fishers, I would love to see you there. Taylor's Pub on Friday. That's a Bud Light Blue Friday. I get word. Voice of the Pacers, Chris Denary, who does not live too far away from that location, will join us. And uh, a lot of folks going to the Cathedral North Central game, which is pretty close, too. But we're going to have Rams Colts tickets to give away. Great time. Bud Light Blue Friday. Taylor's Pub. And I love it up there, too. That uh, is coming up on Friday with this show. Uh, Inside IU football tonight at 7.05. This portion of the show brought to you by and Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. Brought to you by Win Schulers, Indy's favorite cheese spreads. Win Schulers, spreadable cheeses in all flavors, including original cheddar, sharp cheddar, cheddar bacon, and uh, um, I wanted to say, I almost said Panama Jack. That would have been wrong. Uh, jalapeno flavor. Colby Jack. Kojak. Uh, you can find that at Kroger and at Meyer locations. Win Schuler's Indy's favorite cheese spreads and a proud sponsor along with this show. But of the lounge via YouTube Live, I, this is interesting too. And, and Matthew in Maine, who's a great listener to this show, inside the lounge via YouTube Live every Saturday night calls in for the JMV Takeover. Hurricane watches are out or up for the southern coast of Maine. That's freaky right there. A hurricane watch issued southern coast of Maine. Now that is something. Hopefully you stay safe up there, Matthew. Jim McCann in Southern California writes, why are the Reds still hanging in there? I still believe their unscheduled, sunny, relaxing day off in Newport Beach due to Tropical Storm Hillary may be why. They were 8 and 13. That's 381 winning percentage coming in. And since that point in time, 11 and 10, 523. I may be right about that. Yeah, I mean, just hanging around. And that's good. I'm glad they're hanging around, too. Now, they've had to get through a lot, and at least they're making it entertaining for me. That is good. Uh, Matt Galt says. See, I can't put it in these terms. When I said semi a little bit earlier. See, there are different ways I kind of got to walk into that, I guess. There's like a laughing, funny, joking way, and then there's a way people are going to go, well, wait a minute, that's gross. So, yeah. Thank you, Matt, for putting that into the JMV book of quotes. I was slightly excited. Slightly excited. And no doubt about that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, JMV, I can't agree with Kravitz on that one. Ursay was not mingling un- or meddling in this case until he got such a crap show last year. How long was he going to sit back and wait while Ballard runs it into the ground? But, K.A., if he felt that way, you're going to bring him back for at least three more years? Nah, I mean, he felt, don't get me wrong, he felt his meddling, his decision-making was necessary here. You know, with both Ellinger and Jeff Saturday. But to me, and I I know Stephen Holder had a a different point of view regarding what he thinks, regarding Chris Ballard being the guy that, you know, was obviously going to stand firm regarding Jonathan Taylor we saw it last year. I mean, if Jim Irsay wants something, Jim Irsay is going to get something. 
and scratch out a check like you did with T.Y. Hilton. A little extra there for you. If he wants Jeff Saturday as his interim head coach, then by God, that's going to happen. Sam Ellinger as your starting quarterback. I mean, come on. If Jim Irsay was really on board with this and felt it was as necessary as I and others cry and whine about all the time daily, it would happen. Charles says this, if Ballard has two or three more years, then he could go 10 years and never win a division. Uh, That would be, I believe, four more. But, yeah, three more would get him to year number nine. I mean, we can do the math on that if you want to. And you know where I stand on it. But, you know, in terms of the three more years, I mean, this is, hey, we have a new quarterback, very inexperienced. Next year is, all right, so how do they come along? As long as this year is not an absolute disaster, you know, more so like – like last year and the end of the year prior combined type of stuff here. But you get this year, you get next year to see things come along, and then the proving ground is in year number three. I I don't dictate the rules here, but I will tell you how I believe with a better-than-educated guess here how it's going to work. That's how it's going to work. Thank you, Charles. Chris is up next at 239-1070. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Craig, JMB, thanks for taking my call. You got it. uh, Wanted to talk about what is it going to take to get Chris Ballard out of that seat? Just what I said. It's just what I said. He's got three more years. Like it, loathe it, lump it, yeah. But what's it really going to take? What if he he goes one in 16? No, I mean, yeah, if, if, if it... Listen, I have a caveat to this. If it's an absolute disaster, and I, I combine the end Which of two years ago to- with last year, if it's something like that, that is so incredibly embarrassing to this organization, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to – and I know famous last words, but something to that level is not going to happen. Oh, gosh, Dan, okay. I, All right, thanks. What? I mean, okay. Well, I mean, what, what happened? It happens every year. Look, we set records last year with embarrassing uh, losses. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm telling you, he got, and this is not my decision. You know where I, I stand know. on this. I, I know how he you got, feel he got, this. he got a reboot. I mean, he got a reboot, and you have to judge that accordingly. I know how you feel about him. I think most of the city feels the same way you do. I just can't understand what, what's it. What what is it that Ursay is feeling? Hey, about? I'll what give you another. Hey, hey Chris, I'll give you another one too. If if things go so haywire where nobody shows up next year, that could be problematic. So okay, that makes okay. sense to you. I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, now. Chris, you call anytime. Thank you. Hey, I'm not making the rules. I'm just giving you more than an educated opinion on what I believe to take place, regardless of what any of us think. I need a break here. Look at James is looking at me like, yeah, you need a break. I said 46. It's like 47. You not tell time. Bowen Kravitz podcast, 1075thefan.com. 50-50 betting and dining. Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. Somebody's going to win that next. The Ride with JMV. Remember, mum is the word. Certainly, but um, mum. 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 and 107.5. The Fan. Harris, Hoosier Park race of the day. It was Barry Lewis, the winner. Always ghostly. The winning horse paid $380, the $2 exacta, $14.60. 
50 cent trifecta was 23 50 50 50 in betting and dining for barry lewis that is the uh, winning combination there for the harris hoosier park race of the day we do it tuesday through friday right here and again racing going on i believe through early december up at harris hoosier park racing and casino in anderson yeah well done right there JMV, are we going to do a classic Colts move, just win enough to miss out on a top three selection? Yeah, I'm not sure, Robbie. I think we'll learn just how bad we believe this whole situation to be by how they look coming up on Sunday, Robbie, if that makes sense to you. That's going to be a telltale sign because that's a winnable game. And it really both sides, whether you had the under at six and a half or the over at six and a half, uh, everybody who predicted the Colts to win a game this year, more than a game, you need that. Hey, Greg, give me 10 seconds of your great material. Don't put me on the spot, Jay. Uh, I have a theory about Jim Irsay. Okay, I, you may need more time if you have a theory because I got to okay. run here. I tell okay. you, right. I will leave it wide open for seconds. you tomorrow. Thirty and, seconds. Wait, wait. No, I don't even seconds. have thirty seconds. I got okay. like eight All seconds. Right. Th- okay. Greg, call tomorrow. Your theory will be heard by fives of people. Hey, tomorrow, by the way, we're going to be at Parks Place Pub. Heaven Hill Distillery, Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, me, Brent Halverson, betting analyst, you, and lots of samples, great food. Bob Kravitz going to join us on site. Heaven Hill Distillery's Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming up tomorrow. Parks Place, shout out to Schleter. Here we come tomorrow beginning at 3. Hello, Fishers, Indiana. James, great job out of you. Inside IU Football's at 7.05. I'm back with you tomorrow in Fishers. Beginning at 3, 93.5107.5, the fan. Have a great night. Nikam Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Meekum's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Meekum experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Meekum.com.